Welcome to the More Life Podcast, where creative, problem solvers, and entrepreneurs talk about squeezing more out and finding meaning in this crazy thing we call life. Let's dive in. All right, y'all, welcome back to the last episode of season four of the More Life Podcast. This week, I am here with Kat Templio Murphy. Did I pronounce that right? It's close enough. Close enough? <laughs> oh. Oh, normally I ask that question before we hit the record button and I did not and I'm paying for it. Can you let people know who you are and what you do? Please welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be the finale. That's so exciting. That's season four. <laughs> yeah. Um, as Bart mentioned, my name is Kat and I'm the owner of Social Cat Media, which is a social media agency based out of Peterborough, Ontario. And we help local businesses. So not just in the Peterborough region, but those community-focused businesses connect with their community and create a community online and in person to grow their business. So Social Cat Media is now, we just talked about this, about four years old. And it really did start as a freelance thing that I did after I left school. I wanted to do something on my own um, and has grown into an actual business, which is pretty remarkable. And it's been a, a wild ride over the last few years. Yeah, let, let, let's uh, let's start right there. So you finished school. What did you go to school for? I have a Bachelor of Creative Advertising. So I did like the business side of marketing, um, mm -hmm. graphic design stuff, and copywriting. So it was a really good, well-rounded program. Um, obviously, the emphasis was on going to work in an advertising agency. Oh, we all had the dream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I quickly realized like wasn't the life I wanted in terms of I didn't love, I'm from a small town, I didn't love living in Toronto um, and just had kind of, I wanted a bit more out of my life in terms of that work-life balance. And yeah. when I thought about like my priorities, I knew I wanted to start a family and like all that kind of stuff. And it did, I didn't see those two kind of dreams aligning. So I moved away from Toronto. I moved to Peterborough where my husband was in school um, and love, we fell in love with Peterborough for it's like city, but still like nature. Um, so it's a good mix. Mm. And then I went out on my own. That's pretty, that's, that's a very common story. I feel like um, people who work in creative or communications type industries they get sold the the lifestyle you're going to work in a big publication in an agency type work or maybe in a corporation um, and then it's a very big pivot when you realize it's it's kind of like the cubicle type work where you're just chasing 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 and you're doing repetitive tax tasks all the time and it kind of becomes a little bit mundane um, I did that for a little bit and I could not handle you know, starting work at eight, leaving at six every day, uh, especially for somebody else with like passion and vision. Right. Um, I love the stuff that you do, especially on social media. It's very vibrant. It's very colorful. Um, even the sign you have behind you, it, it kind of represents a little bit more of your personality. Like I'd love to know more about how you started with like thinking of local businesses. Cause you have like, we both do have those quote unquote cool jobs where you work <laughs> in media or social or you work in marketing 
Um, and sometimes you get to do cool things um, like help with campaigns for companies that people might have heard of or, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So how did you find where you fit in? Why did you pick local businesses? You know, like that, that's a very, a lot of people kind of get into social media and I think they have aspirations of doing like the biggest campaigns and the biggest uh, uh, brands. So like, you know, you're doing it the opposite way, which there would, there would, there would always be a big market for, for local uh, social media. Yeah, I think I have experience like in the big side of things in terms of like both in school, but then I got my start in social media really working in the sports industry. So I worked for the Canadian Women's Hockey League and the Ontario Curling Association. So like uh, my husband and I are big sports people. And so I worked with like, you know, huge projects, which I loved and definitely like appreciated that experience. Um, but I've like I've always for as long as I can remember been like a supporter of small business like I think it's growing up in a small town being like raised in that kind of like entrepreneurial like sphere that made me realize that like okay like these are people that I know who have these businesses and that's always been something that's important to me you're shopping local before it was cool yeah let's say that (laughs) it's always been like and like Peterborough as the example like has an amazing downtown and like Mm -hmm. small business scene and it is remarkable. And so like having that experience working in these big like arenas for social, I saw what small businesses were doing on social (laughs) and I saw the like disconnect and like the opportunities they had. And that's really what made me like realize like, okay, there is a need for this. And I'm like so passionate about it that, that like, it seemed like the perfect fit that like I had the experience and the knowledge and so many small business owners, like they haven't, they don't go to school for social media. They don't know the marketing side of things. Um, So it's been really fulfilling to be able to like really transform people's businesses using social media. Yeah, Peterborough has really good food. I, every time I go there, I'm always impressed. I'm like, I can't believe they have, like, again, it's, it's not that far. It's only, what, two hours away from Toronto? Not even. Not even, <laughs> if, you don't, if you know which way to go. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you end up, um, you, you end up, like, being surprised, like, at least for me, as more of a city person, um, even though I'm from Edmonton, I'm not, I guess, whatever. Another topic <laughs> for a different day. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm always surprised by some of the variety and some of the um, eclecticness of Peterborough. It's, it's one of the better small big cities um, we, in Ontario for people that are, are listening abroad in Canada and Ontario. Some of the small towns, I've been very disappointed uh, I'm not going to name any names, but I was always <laughs> pleasantly surprised in Peterborough with the food, with the culture. You got that little bit of a water, um, like a river that goes through there as well. So it's pretty cool. And you you are targeting small businesses and you're kind of like an educator, right? Like you, when you're dealing with people who may be transitioning from traditional forms of marketing or no marketing whatsoever, a lot of your job is like coaching or basic um, explanation of, of marketing principles or social media stuff, um, which for me, like when I started my business, it was a little bit challenging trying to find the balance of, am I giving away too much in the sense of my time trying to educate people? But it was something that was very important to us. Like the name of my company is Creative Partner. So we're 
we partner with people. We pride ourselves on, on like being people that stick around and help out and do all the, all of that type of work. Um, but with you and doing education as well, like your social feed talk talks a lot about explaining these principles, explaining some of these ideas and concepts of social media. Um, where did the, that approach come from? Were they just natural for people who are uh, maybe just starting out that, you know, the person who would help them would also be somewhat of a resource in terms of how to. Yeah, I think I saw like in terms of social media people on Instagram as an example, like there's a lot of content out there, I think really designed for online entrepreneurs or like coaches and people living in like online service-based businesses about you know, scaling to 10K months and like that kind of stuff. And (laughs) here's how to make um, all these great reels and stuff like that. And so in terms of like my clients that I work with, like that's not their focus right now. Their focus is okay, like how do I make stories that people want to watch and what makes a good carousel post? So I really saw Mm. a little bit of a, like a need there that people, that the information wasn't out there in terms of like my personality, like I really like to help people, which is a good thing, but also a bad thing sometimes. Um, but that was like, I like, okay, like I, I know this stuff and I, I want to share it. So that's where like the, the way I took with my social. And then in terms of like the business, the majority of the business is focused on management. So we're creating content for clients, doing engagement. And then there's also the consulting side. So it works really well in terms of, the content is bringing people in for both sides of the business. Like some people see it and say like, they know this company knows their stuff. Cat knows her stuff. We're just going to hire out. Whereas others are like, Oh, that's exactly the guidance I need. And then they will want to do some consulting. So it, it does like really, I think work in both ways in terms of helping people, but also helping set up the company as an expert in, in the industry. Yeah. And and do you guys also do, um, scheduling as well like i know you do management you do content planning you take people all through that and you do like do you do you do any like personas and like marketing strategies for them from when they're first onboarding with you yeah so we do a whole strategy set up in terms of their target online looking at like okay who are they following already like what what where are they living online to give them a good sense of who their audience is on social and we, yeah we walk them through the whole process in terms of that management side so mm. creating the content plan for the month creating the actual content scheduling it and making sure everything's going out there and and rocking their social <laughs> we need people like you because uh uh, I can't stand social media. <laughs> Not in the sense that I love to spend time on it and consume it, but there is, I think, again, it's one of those jobs where people think it's like, it's really easy and fun. It's a skill yeah. and you have to know what you're doing. Um, especially if like, um, there, there are stakes, you know, like if there, if there are stakes at hand, like in terms of sales, profit, people wanting to grow awareness or um, accessibility to their business, then you can't just be like posting willy nilly. There has to be a strategy that goes with it that can kind of do that. And I think people might, might, you know, feel like it's an easy job, like an entry level job. It's kind of like a hired gun. It's like a specialized job. And as an, as an agency owner, trust me when I say like social media takes a, um, a specific kind of work. Like the steps are not hard if you were to read them out. 
um, but to do the actual work and the research and market analysis and to then post content that speaks specifically to your audience on a consistent basis. You need somebody who knows what they're doing. It's not just for anyone, at least maybe, maybe I'm just too old. Maybe that's the problem too. No, like you're, you're right on. Like, <laughs> I think a lot of times clients are surprised with all the kind of steps that go into creating a month's worth of client of content. Cause it's not just like, what do we want to, what do we, what do we want to talk about this month? Like it's really thinking about like the audience's needs, the value we can provide and looking and like using the analytics, using all these other things to develop content. So it's not just like, Oh, we want to post about X, Y, Z. Like there is yeah. a strategy behind everything. Um, yeah. And which is why it like has such an impact when you go from just like posting because you want to, to posting with a strategy. It's a kind of a huge change. Yeah. We, I just hired somebody who has taken this role on. And I say, I use those words loosely because it was a role that was not being fulfilled by me. Um, so like literally in the last month, we, we brought somebody on who would help with our planning and scheduling of social media, along with other stuff like project management. But it's, again, if, if, if you're not that type of person, I would highly recommend either asking for help, um, yeah. you know, or asking for a consultation. Even when I didn't know what the heck I was doing, which I still probably don't, because that's why I don't do it. Um, <laughs> it <laughs> I had paid uh, someone, a friend of mine that I, I saw, I met online, who was really good. And I spoke with them just to give some pointers, just so I, at least I knew which direction I should be going in or what are some of the steps I could do. Um, because, you know, social media costs money and, and to hire somebody to do the, the work that I was requiring to do, it would cost a pretty penny. Uh, we just didn't have the resources for that at the time because we were more focused on growing the internal team. Um, but having that information, having that consultation, and we recorded that call. Now that I have somebody, we walk through that process and are able to see it. Um, and that I brought that same person back on for another call to consultation with uh, my person as well. So then we can kind of grow this uh not just like me trying to help when I don't really know how to lead in this direction, but kind of find the right person who can help the right team member on my team to, to kind of grow it in this area. Um, you, you have the, the business now, you, you come out of school, you, you start helping some, some clients. Um, did, how did you niche down? How did you start figuring that out? How did you tra- transition that into like a business? It's funny because I actually listened recently to your episode about niching down and then it spoke to me a lot because it was the same thing. Like you talk to your clients about like, mm-hmm. Hey, you got to like, who are we talking to? It's not everybody like let's niche down. But when it's your own business, it's so much harder to do. So that's definitely something I struggled with. And I think I felt the pressure like online to be similar to other people I saw in terms of like what I was posting or who I was targeting in terms of like online service providers but it took me, it was actually like a recent last year that I did like, okay, I need to look into like my messaging and really hone in on who my audience is. So I did, did that, which was a super helpful exercise. I've always thought, yeah, like I'm working with small business owners, but to really sit, like sit down and go through really specifically of who I want to work with and what that looks like and how, how that transforms their business. That was a really big piece because like it did just start mm. with me just as a freelancer um, 
kind of getting word of mouth and connections and just growing it, growing it. Um, and a lot of it at the point was like um, reactive decisions in my yeah. business. So like, oh shoot, like I have too, too much work. Like I need to get some team members to support that. And now I'm at the point where I really feel like secure in my role as CEO, which like six months ago, I might not have said that. Like the, the CEO title was like, felt uncomfortable, Daunting. but now I feel, yeah, yeah it's like, oh. But now I feel like really set in that and that like that seeing that whole business picture and like looking ahead and, mm-hmm. and doing all that planning too. So that everything, it's not just about the work, what we're doing, but it's like that overall like business strategy too. No, that's really good. So when you, how long have you started um, like contracting? I don't know if you have like employees or subcontractors. Um, who's on your team now? What do they do? Is it a team of two? Team of one, team of five. So there's four of us in total, including myself. And I actually was just chatting with Jen, who is my like right hand gal um, today, because we realized that like August is our two year work anniversary. So it was two years ago that, and it was like this like serendipitous moment where I was struggling in terms of the workload and trying to figure out like, okay, what does this look like for my business? Like, do I just need to like, cap off at this amount, raise prices and just stay by myself? Or do I look at like getting some support and seeing how I want to grow this? Um, And so Jen was actually my postpartum doula when I had my (laughs) daughter. Um, So we had that connection and I already obviously had like an insane amount of trust in her because she helped me take Uh, care of my newborn baby. Yeah. Shout out um, to doulas. Yeah. And so she had kind of had a career switch. She's like always been an entrepreneurial person mm. and her background is in writing and she was Excellent. going to focus on that. And I went, we had coffee together and she was talking about how she was, yeah, doing some content creation. And it was just like this like perfect moment where I'm like, this is exactly what I need. And so we started just working together on a couple projects. Um, but now she's kind of like in the business on a daily basis, um, supporting my clients and supporting our clients. So Jen's been with me for two years, which has been amazing. And then the last awesome. six to 12 months, I have had brought in two other team members, one who specifically focuses on engagement and analytics for our clients. So doing the community engagement, doing the analytics and doing scheduling of posts. So that's been really awesome to alleviate some of those tasks from like Jen's plate and my plate and have like specialized people. And then I also brought on another wonderful woman named Nicole who does content creation as well. So between the four of us, we kind of cover the whole spectrum of the work we do. And there's obviously been like growing pains like over the last two years as I'm trying to figure out going from freelancer to full-fledged business but I'm so like incredibly thankful for them they really are the you're best. rocking it yeah that's awesome um there's there's there is like that saying where it's it's like year between year and two or three where you actually like figure out what the heck you're doing yeah um <laughs> it, as an entrepreneur year one you're just like you know treading water like I'm just trying to stay alive I'm trying to pay bills I'm trying to I'm just trying to make this work and then year two, you do what you have a little bit more margin, but you don't know what to do with it yet. And you're getting busier and you still don't know what to do yet. It's like, you're still like 
figure you have a different set of problems basically and then it's not until like you know year three where you're kind of like okay i kind of know this is where i want to do i know enough of the mistakes that i've done in the last you know 48 months or 24 months that i know what i don't want to do yeah and it helps clarify what you do want to do and if that there's that moment where you realize what i used to do or what i've done before won't suffice for for me to go to the next level what i've done in the previous is not to get me to this point here will not carry me to the next level that i want to go and you have to make like a bit of a shift right there and i, I find that so frustrating because it's like you figure everything out and you're like yes. okay like we're cruising it's great and then you're at like another fork in the road and like an, another <laughs> decision point it's like okay do i have to learn like do i decide to go for this next thing and like have to relearn everything and figure it out or do I keep like status quo and obviously like I totally believe that whole idea of like you know you don't find the like the great things don't happen in your comfort zone but I like I'm very comfortable in my comfort zone so it's always hard to like push through that I'm like oh what like I can't I just keep doing it the way I've been doing but like there is always more on the other side it's just sometimes hard to get there (laughs) it took a while for me to like be the person who does the selling and the face of it and the business of it and not be the designer who designed it. Cause that was like my thing and my little baby and what yeah. I went to school for and what I was known for. You're a designer. And then all of a sudden it's like, well now I own design company. So it's different and I don't do as much of it. Um, but it still becomes fulfilling in a different way where I get to see a other people grow um, and help mentor and shape um, their career path, as well as I get to see my ideas or concepts come to life, um, and it get, it becomes like a sad thing, but also a happy thing because if it was just me, I could only do or yeah. accomplish so much. Where now we're accomplishing so much more, and I'm involved in it so it's kind of like more doors were open than were shut in the long term if you start to you know have that macro view of of the business there's there's just so much joy on the other side like i'm super happy with the team that we're at now and, and how we've been able to grow we're very new at having a team so it's very unique I, you know what while we're here we should talk about um you've been at this a little bit longer than me how, how do you build team culture do you guys work in the same office? No, this is so one we're, thing. All, yeah. we're all remote, which has been like interesting because I don't have a ton of corporate experience in terms of like being in organizations to like, you know, learn about culture. Like I had one corporate job. Um, well, I had a couple in the sports sport. It's like kind of a little bit different because that's a little bit more like, <laughs> like freewheeling and traveling and doing cool things. Um, But I had one corporate job. So like in terms of the culture, it's been like an incremental thing because at first it was just Jen and I, and we know each other really well. So that was really, it was easy to talk about things. I think the hardest thing for me has been kind of like separating the friend part or like Mm -hmm. the, the, you know, yeah, the friendly stuff from like the business stuff. So even the biggest thing is like, are just getting our systems in place. So it's like, okay, we're not chatting about work on Facebook messenger. Like we have Slack for that. Right. Yeah. Cause that was the biggest thing I don't, didn't want 
like friendships and like that yes. kind of stuff to get in the way of work or work to get in the way of friendships. Um, with my two other team members, we didn't know each other beforehand in terms of work. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's just like communication. Like I am very like active in Slack and communicating and making sure we have like check-in scheduled and that we're hopping on Zoom a lot so that we actually are like seeing each other face to face. It's a hard balance. Mm-hmm. So for sure, like making people feel part of the business, but then also like respecting their boundaries yeah. and like the whole remote work. So it's something that we're still figuring out for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I have a positive personality. I'm a, I, I would, I would consider myself to be a fun person, <laughs> but it's like, how do I, how do I translate that to people who a one, two, three of the four I've never met in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we've, we've never seen each other in person. Um, and even the previous person like I had before was also a digital hire. So how do you do that? How do you keep morale? How do you keep, you know, um, everyone in the loop of things? Um, so we, we started doing sprint meetings. We were never done that before where you kind of just everyone do a powwow real quick. How can we solve uh, or kickstart a meeting or a project really fast. And it, that's like the, those few moments that we actually get to interact and engage with each other. And yeah, we use Slack. Slack is huge. I'm, I'm debating trying to do like an in-person gathering of some sort. We're all like quasi GTA one. The furthest person is like Whitby, North Whitby. I was from right. Whitby, Brooklyn, something like that. Um, so there's, there's, there's a little bit of, you know, kind of threading the needle, like, how do we keep this? How do I present, like, the company values? What are the company values um, as an organization? Because as a freelancer, you don't need those. Like, And then it's like, okay, like, I need culture. and I I need the value. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's really really crazy. Like, I need different, you know, I I need to know these things because when you interview people and you kind of share with people, you've got to give them a bit of a heads up to be like, this is how we operate. This is our, uh, our, our MO. So it's really, I just find it unique. I like asking that questions to people that are in um, smaller startup type businesses. Like, how are you doing with the engagement of the actual team? And people feel like they're all happy and connected. But I feel like that's important. And the more you keep your team healthy, mentally, and taken care of, um, not just financially, but all the other stuff. Um, they produce better work. It's easier to have conversations. It's easier to problem solve. And we're both in creative industries. You want people's minds to be clear and and free of debris so you can actually execute creatively um, on demand type of thing. When you show up to work, we got to be creative. We have to think of, of, uh, of solutions on a regular basis. Um, you mentioned you, ha- you have four team members. I'm a... I, it sounded like they're all female. They're all women. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that. And so it's like, like, it's interesting what you're saying, but like the whole, like, you know, res- like, pre- like preventing burnout and stuff like that. And like respecting boundaries. Stuff, that's something that's super like important to me because I've definitely been on that end of burnout of like always being working, always trying to do more. And so that's something like from the very beginning, I've been very clear about with my team members mm-hmm. is like, Two of them are moms, so they sometimes are working, you know, in the evening or in weekends, like during nap time, which I'm like, yeah, you yeah. work whenever, 
but also like, I don't expect you to always be on. And that's something I'm trying to also show is that like, I'm, I'm not available. Like if you send me a Slack message on the weekend, like it won't be responding until Monday, like taking that, trying to lead by example in that case that, yeah. Or if at night, like, yes, I am by my phone, but you know what? I can wait to the morning. So being really clear Mm -hmm. on like communication expectations. And to me, I'm just like, like you, I'm like a fun person. So I just want to really make sure they feel appreciated. And it's just small things like check-ins, send lots of gifts in, in Slack, mm-hmm. like I'm yes, a big gift. Gifts in Slack, <laughs> yeah. yes. Uh, I wish and, they made it easier to send gifts in Slack. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then like, last, like on Friday, <laughs> I like sent them all like coffee shop gift cards, like as a like, little like thing. Like I think little things like that can go a long way just to make people feel seen and appreciated. And yeah, that's Once like my while, biggest goal. Once in a while, I throw in the it's payday, you know, <laughs> like here's everyone, everyone gets money. Yeah. <laughs> what are you spending it on? Um, type, of, type of deal. Yeah. I just find in social media, at least on Instagram, and maybe it's just my algorithm, every social media manager is a female. And I'm like, are there any guys that do social media work? Because I don't know any. I, I couldn't name one. Do do you know anyone that's, that does social media? I do know some males, but I'd say it definitely is a female dominated industry. And I think coming from the sports background, I find that super in- interesting because, like, I'm very passionate about like women in sports, and it's it makes me like chuck a little bit that like sometimes there's men who have these you know misogynistic comments about uh-huh. women in sports but it's women running the social accounts of the teams they're following of their NFL team and their NHL team. So I'd say it definitely is like mainly women in the field that there are men, but in terms of like my network, so the majority of people are female. Mm -hmm. Everyone, when we were debating if we were going to hire a social media person, like just specifically Mm -hmm. for social media, um, and it didn't work out in terms of just the scope of what we needed in the company. But I was like trying to like look for the diversity, look for women, look for men, look for anything and everything um, as part of the, the job of recruitment and, and prospecting a team member. Um, and it was just like, man, there, there's just mm-hmm. all women. This is like a woman dominated industry, which is cool. I, I think I just, when you think of like media and technology, my mind, you immediately think, yeah, like man. tech itself is usually a male dominated industry. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the people who make it all work in terms of front facing for um, end users, it's like all women <laughs> who make it happen. Um, there's that, that big um, CEO boss, like boss babe culture. Like, there's like it, for me again on Reels, there's so much education that happens on Reels. It's not the same as like TikTok where the videos can be anything. Um, can be a lot of meme culture, a lot of funny, skitty type videos. You don't really see that on Reels. But there is a lot of like, again, it's, it's partially my algorithm where yeah. it's like, that's the stuff I'm interested in is social media, is marketing. But the people who do a lot of the education in social media and in marketing are going to be um, women in that respect. So there's so many... Um, I don't know, like really good follows that have on, on social that are being really smart uh, and, and edu- like they're teaching things that are really, really like 
high concepts, but they're breaking it down in a very easy to use way. Um, in terms of uh, social cat media, what's your approach with, let's talk specifically IG, because that's where I think most of my audience would spend yeah. their time. You do a lot of reels. Um, you do a lot of dancing. Um, you do a lot of explaining and uh, what's it called? Uh, education type type videos. Like what's your approach with that? What are you trying to do? So for the, most of my content is like the focus is educating. That'd be like my number one content goal. But I'm also big on like connection because I know social media can be such a like cold place where we're just like mindlessly scrolling and we're just like disconnected. Mm-hmm. So I really want make people when they're following me to not just be like, oh, she's giving us social media advice, but to actually know me and have like a like a relationship, a connection with me. So in terms of my reels, most of them are educational. I try to still make right. them fun, like whether I'm like using some like a Bo Burnham song or something like that. <laughs> but there are some that are just like purely for no other reason than just for fun or for connection so people can get to know me a bit better. Yeah, I think that's huge because a lot of times people are trying to sell stuff, right? Buy my course, get this free guide, give me your email, you know, all that type of stuff. And just if you go at it with the connection uh, point, I, I find it. I don't even have a lot of followers, but the more I engage with people, the more people engage with me. Um, and that's always great. That's where I'm at. In terms of me, like, not being good at social media, it's like the posting stuff, no, no bueno. But in terms of, like, engaging and talking with people, great. That's, that's my strong suit. I can talk to people. I can introduce myself and, you know, tell them that. I think one of the first things like, I messaged you was, like, your brand looks like cotton candy. Like, yeah. it just looks very fun and active and, like, just super happy. Um, but that's what I, I try to do that and just kind of spark conversations with people and say hi. Let them know that, you know, I see you. You're doing something really cool, and I like it. Um, and I, I, that shows on your feed. When, when If you were to go to social cat media um, on Instagram, you will definitely see a lot of pink. A lot of the beige, lots of lots of vibrant color. Uh, even the fingernails, I notice all the time <laughs> your nails are painted. Um, but yeah, in terms of like back to the business, so you've grown from freelance, you get busy, you start hiring team members, making some processes and systems, and you hire more team members. Um, where are you at now in the business? Would you say like things are still growing are you guys managing where you're at or are you guys trying to push and elevate where you're, what's going to be next? I also know you're going on mat leave in two and a half months. Yep. So there's a, there's a no, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what does that all mean for you and your team right now? Yeah. So right now, because I am expecting my second child, everything is kind of paused. Thank you. Super exciting. But all like, I think as any business owner can imagine, like it's a big, change in your life and business so in terms of like business growth we are kind of at a very calculated pause in terms of growth which is totally needed because like I don't want to be dealing kind of with those two big um things at the same time so the last four months really the focus has been on getting team members prepared for that transition because I am taking a full four months off after I have my baby Good for you. 
which, so I had, have a three-year-old right now. And when <laughs> she was born, it, it was just me, just freelance cat. And A, I was kind of naive about like how much work newborns were, but also I had, like, I didn't know what else to do. So I took two weeks off from my business, from my, from my clients when I had my daughter, uh, which was not good. <laughs> not a good yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was a little <laughs> bit of a struggle. Um, and so basically like once we decide that we wanted another child, I started working on the plans of preparing for a mat leave in my business. Cause I had that first experience and I said, I do not want to do that again. If we're going to have another kid, like it has to be different. So that meant like saving money every month from the bit, like from the business, putting that aside so that I can pay myself when I'm on mat leave. Um, in Canada, for any like international listeners, like if you have a job, you get a year of mat leave and the government pays about half of your salary um, and your employer might even top it up. So you're paid for a year, you get home with your baby. So I had two weeks off where all my friends are having babies and we're like, like chilling for a year <laughs> like oh, oh can't goodness. come to mom and me class like I have to work <laughs> <sighs> so this time I'm like okay I want to set it better so really it's been it's been a huge transition and I don't think I was quite prepared for just how much work it has been and mm-hmm. a few times I'm like is this even like worth it to have like I don't need to take this much time off but I know it will be so worth it in the end um, yeah, and you're just, making up for the previous time too. So it's yeah, like- exactly. <laughs> um, so it's just been like a lot of just future planning, preparing. So like I have all my team members in place, but now it's getting them. They're taking on new responsibilities or new tasks or more of certain things. So getting them like up to speed with new clients or different processes that we use for these different responsibilities they're going to be taking on. So this month we've really started that transition period in terms of new responsibilities um, mm. and getting them like more into things that usually I handle in terms of the strategy stuff. And my team is awesome. And like, I have full trust of them, which is great. Um, but it still is like hard work. So like right now we're in August um, and I'll be going on mat leave in November. So I have like the next two months as that really like fluid transition period where like I'll still be around, they're getting their feet like a bit more each month doing new things for the clients. Um, I have an amazing virtual COO. Um, I'll shout out Renee rising on, on Instagram. So she's been like a lifesaver during this process in terms of that planning and like figuring out, okay, what is possible And what does that, what can it look like? Because I really didn't know. All I know is like, okay, I want to take time off, but I'm also a business owner. So I didn't really know how to do that. So it's been a learning process for sure. I never even thought of a virtual COO, like a chief operations uh, officer. Like that's super smart. Somebody who can check on the operations Somebody who can uh, who who will have direct reports. People can report to her and ask questions um, and kind of help guide you through a lot of systematic processes and and all those things the team will need to stay regulated and stay on on track. Because um, 
listen, I've never, I've never had kids myself, but I have, I have kids. Like I've never given birth and the stress level is, it's crazy, right? Like just in terms of what you want to do and what your body says you can do um, are two very different things for that, a big chunk of the, I would say the first six months, you want to go out and do all these things. At the same time, you're like, I may be tired or I have, you know, I have other things that I have to be doing. Um, and on top of that, you're also in responsibility ultimately for a, a, uh, a business. So you're, you've got a lot of things on your plate in terms of work low capacity. And that's, that's really smart to take time and actually write out what you really want. Um, in any business, no matter what it is, if you want something to happen, the worst thing you could do is have abrupt transition yeah. um, where it's like, oh, I'm gone, and this is the new norm, and there's no um, grace period because even your team needs time to kind of get their feet wet. you got to, like, get them up to speed, run both things at the same time, and then slowly back out the original thing to have a really good transition, and that's that's, that's, I wish I knew some of those key skills, you know, when I was making certain decisions in my own um, business, because it takes a lot of intentionality, right? Like if you're not intentional about putting your focus on something, you, you will get similar results every single time and stay in that frustrated loop. Um, but the moment you break that and say, I'm going to do something different, and you kind of separate yourself and say, okay, we're on a different path now. Um, and that might change, you know, how you do your business forever. Like even for me, my goal in 2022 is to work Monday to Thursday and have Fridays off. Now, I think it's very possible, but it requires me to think about what my role is and how much I serve my team. Because I think it's if you're the leader, if you're the CEO or the boss, um, you're in, my job is basically sales to keep the business running and people or team management, right? Like I'm managing other people so that they feel secure and understand how they can get their job done. And it's, a diff- it's just a different mindset. The better I do um, those tasks, those, those items under my portfolio of managing the team and, and serving them, um, the, the more I can achieve my own goal which is like, I, I do want to spend more time at home and not have as much of my day with, you know, doing the work of the business and working in the business and all that kind of stuff. Like there's so much more to life and it's very easy to get caught up in that Gary V loop where you kind of, <laughs> oh my just God. Like, yeah, and just hustle, do it more, do it harder, get up faster, run Run, 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 and to what end is always the question. Yeah. So if you're in a business, if you're a business person and you're looking to like level up your your game, it's not always going to be by hustling. Sometimes you have to work smarter and um, be clearer on the things that you know are going to be making you happy. Like yes. if you're clear and you knowing this is what I need to be satisfied, that's yeah, going to be like huge. Mm-hmm. And I'm very similar to you. So this summer I started a four day work week just for the summer. And it's been hard in terms of like <laughs> client work, preparing for mat leave. But it's also like, as you're saying, like opportunities for what this business can do. Cause I still have very 
high touch point with all the clients in terms of like being in there, doing strategy, doing all this stuff, like communicating with clients. And so it's, it has been a hard transition like before with team members, just giving up some of that control um, and getting used to other people. And so when it comes to like me being completely out of the business for four months, it also is going to open up opportunities that might have not have been possible that like, okay, do we go with more of like this agency model where like a team member has like full, like is the full account manager for a client. And so I have time to figure that out, but really like the biggest thing has just been the preparation and thinking about my priorities. And I knew before, before I even knew if I wanted to have a second kid, I was starting to put some things in place like saving um, when I first started working with R- Renee, my C- virtual CAO, COO, mm-hmm. it was like November, October, 2020 and didn't, ha- wasn't pregnant, wasn't sure when I would be getting pregnant, but that was one of my goals. Okay. Like if I'm going to have a baby, like I know there's going to be different like processes and systems I need to have in place before that happens. And like, I had to make sure that my business baby was ready mm-hmm. <laughs> for me to go have a human baby the because baby, like, yeah. like nine months of pregnancy, it feels so long, but it goes by so quickly. And then, so like, that was my first step was really like, okay, system. I like getting my SOPs and like all those like less fun things of business in place, but has been a huge game changer and just like, yeah, really getting a good understanding of how the business runs So that was like my first step after the savings. And then it's been just figuring out those transitions, those plans and getting that all in place. Because for me, it had to be a gradual thing. So I wasn't obviously going to be like, okay, having a baby tomorrow. Like, bye everyone, figure it out. (laughs) So it is like, it's going to be about three months of like some hardcore transitioning in terms of getting team members into their new roles and responsibilities. But that, Obviously, there's a like a cost to that in terms of paying people yeah. for additional things while I'm still working full time. There's the time needed to like of my time to go through things, but it's going to be so, so worth it in the end. So I know it's just like it did take a lot of planning. And I think that's the one thing like if someone's planning a big vacation or sabbatical or mat leave, it's really about thinking about like your priorities putting that mm. first and then like figuring out how to get there. Cause that's the most important thing is if, if you want to take a month off every summer, it can't be the week before. I mean like, okay, bye. Like see you in <laughs> August. Like it's totally doable, but you need to have those like transition and like set up those plans for that time off. Yeah. You have to do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if you're like me at all. I'm also like, a serial entrepreneur in the sense that I have lots of ideas and I feel like if you can do this thing, you can do another thing. And, and, you know, sometimes it's adjacent, sometimes it's completely different. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, stay focused, keep those things on the back burner, stay focused, do what you have to do so that this business runs at a, uh, a significant amount of margin so I can use that money and do whatever I want next. So you want to start a different venture, a different business. You want to start something like a sister company to what you're offering already. Focus, you know, like keep that mentality. 
I hate quoting uh, uh, what's his name, the finance guy. I forget his name. Uh, uh, oh, I'm gonna lose it. He's the money guy. I forget. He wears glasses. Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. <laughs> He's like you. You have to live like no one else, so you can live like no one else. I'm not a Dave Ramsey fan, but that, that line. <laughs> Uh, does, you know, make sense. You got to live like nobody else because, first of all, you're already in a unique position as an entrepreneur. There's so many people that are like naysayers or like, oh, you're still doing that little business of yours. That's cute. And they don't understand um, the growth or the scale or how much impact you're having, A, in your community or B, in the business itself with other people. Um, and, and if you focus your intentions on being disciplined, you get to afford yourself a lifestyle that not many people get to do, like take a month off, you know, during summertime or being able to work only four days a week while still claiming a full income. Um, there's so many more opportunities on the other side, but there's that steady incline of, I have to stay disciplined, disciplined, disciplined. And then you reach a certain point where you're able to use your money in a way that, most people don't get to. So that's yeah. my goal anyway. That's where I want to be. Yeah, it's like that messy middle, right? Like it takes work and like sometimes even more work than normal, but like it's worth it to get the end point. Because I'm like you, my goal, so the summer was like my four day a week experiment, which has been wonderful, but also hard just in terms of balancing everything. But that's my plan yeah. going forward. Like, I'm like, why? I think, was it Finland or some... Scandinavian mm-hmm. country, I think, yes. just did like a Man, four so day work week. Yeah, <laughs> four day work week test, and I'm like, well, like, I, I guess I just have a lot of pushback against like the system, and that's part of the reason I didn't necessarily buy into like the advertising agency world is being being told to do something. Like, basically, they said like, if you don't want this, it means you're scared of this, and I'm like, no, I just Not don't want to work. Like all night every night like I want to take my kid to the farm and like you like go camping and and I know my friends who work in ad agencies have good work life balances now but definitely those first few years were yeah were a struggle and so I think it's just like part I'm like why do I have to work five days a week just because like it's you're told you have to but I'm like if this is my business I think there's like a reels trend going that's like I didn't want to work my nine to five. So now I work a 24 seven, which was totally me. Like I'm like working all the time. Like when I had my daughter, I was a week overdue. So I'm like nine and a half months pregnant. Like, well, might as well do some work. Like, Oh my goodness. But now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take like a couple weeks off before the baby comes to like, sit, (laughs) like do nothing. So I think it's just like, yeah, thinking of your priorities. Because for me, I love what I do. I'm super passionate about the business. But work really isn't the be-all and end-all for me. Like, I really am passionate about it. And, like, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. But at the same time, there's so much There's so much more to life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're you're a high capacity person, I can tell, which is similar here where you're able to do prolonged things, right? Like where it's like you work on a project while well, I can dedicate all day, all night to this project. I can keep going. Um, a little bit less now for me only because, I don't know, once I 
once we started having kids, like the staying up late part is like yeah. over in my life. Yeah. Like, you know, 10 o'clock, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing in slippers. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the phone is muted. Or maybe I'm just on TikTok laughing to myself. Yeah. Uh, but, that, but when you're a high capacity person, you, you have to make time for yourself because your brain is almost like a drug. It won't stop. I'll be watching TV or forget even watching TV. I'll be trying to do a podcast or something like listening to a podcast. And I found myself only listening to like business development podcasts, yeah. how to get six figures, how to do this, how to grow this, how to do. And I'm like, you know what? I need to pick like something more nonfiction to read, something more casual to listen to. It can't only be, that can't be the only thing in my life is like building a successful business. Cause I can only go, so far so i listen to like very <laughs> it's the equivalent to like trash tv but like <laughs> podcast where it's just I people talking and and i'm just like whatever it's great because my brain is occupied and it doesn't have to think about x y and z um and, and that's really beneficial like if you're somebody like that who's like always just on the go trying to want it so bad and, and you don't have any other room you're missing out on exercising your brain in a different way because you get to like learn something different about culture about whatever through um consuming media that sometimes is just not that's different than what the industry that you work in yeah um, i think i'm i'm very similar to you is that for a long time it was just like business stuff all the time and then, and then I was a mom and like, hey, who am I though? Like I, I'm obviously a business, yeah. <laughs> business and then I'm a mom and I'm like, but who is Kat? Um, and one, like, one of the small changes I made, just like you mentioned in your podcast, is I don't watch reels or I very rarely watch reels from my business account. Because if I'm on mm. my business, like at Social Cat Media, it's 99% social media business content, which like yeah, there's stuff that I would enjoy watching or learning, but like, I, that's, that's what I'm living my life every day. So I only watch reels really on like my personal account. And that's yeah. where I get like the random like mom content or like just like <laughs> meme stuff and like, like watch things that like make me laugh until I cry. And it's like, it's so important to have that piece. That's not just like, Oh, I need to be on social media, like trying to be better at social media or to learn right. or do something. It's just like having that right. time to chill. Yeah, um, this has been really fun, Kat. I'm so happy that you're taking a break. I'm when I saw your Instagram story a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, I gotta have Kat on the podcast just because it, it kind of helps people understand a little bit more of the balance. And with the right effort, you can kind of produce the results you want and still live a life worth living. You know, that's more than just chasing. And a lot of entrepreneurship is chasing the next yeah. deal, the next um, sales revenue goals, whatever it is, the next prospect. Uh, but when you, when you find kind of like, okay, here's what really is important and keep the main thing the main thing, I think you can see lots and lots of, um, how do you say it? Like, you can just see lots of fruit in the life that's more than just like one kind of fruit. You get a variety of fruit blossoming from the tree. That's my poem <laughs> for the day. Kat, where can people find you on social media? So I basically live on Instagram. So I'm at socialcatmedia, cat with a K. 
and mm-hmm. I'm basically there every day in stories and you'll see my fun reels dancing and all that. <laughs> and I love connecting with everyone there. So I hope to, to see you on the gram. Awesome. All right, guys, this has been the More Life Podcast Season 5 coming very shortly. We will see you then. Peace out. Bye.